listeners welcome to 10x growth strategies podcast this is your host preeti padmanabhan technology executive investor and board member today we will feature the book subtract by lady clocks our guest today is k sarathi svp insurance applications at berkeley technology services i met k just a few months back and i've got to know her so much uh so i'm really looking forward to learn much from her today so welcome k to 10x growth strategies podcast thank you preeti thank you for having me i'm i'm excited for this this particular topic i'm very excited lovely tell us about yourself key highlights from your career journey Yeah so um I started my career actually in Silicon Valley back in the day at a at a, a small healthcare uh, startup company later on it got bought by J&J it was a was it was a good 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 starting point for me Since then I've done three startups and uh, I've also been part of big enterprises that all specialize in hospitality automotive electronics transportation and and most recently in commercial insurance because i have experience in both startups and big corporations i am able to see and understand the gaps in each of the setup so currently my work involves building more of a startup style culture with smaller teams that can scale and be nimble to the marketplace and create that idea of an enterprise scale ideation you know so that's what brings me joy and and that's to me that's the part that i enjoy most that sounds great uh, looks like you've been on both sides the big company and small company uh, very similar to uh, my experience too uh, so we have a lot to unpack and and share here uh, let's start with a book uh, the book subtract you recommended that to me as the book you wanted to feature why did you choose to read the book subtract so um i don't know if we've talked about this but i drive this large multi-year digital transformation initiative for wr berkeley our parent company it serves this would serve an 8 billion dollar marketplace right so the, when you start something this big the natural tendency for anybody is to first start with let's add more people let's add more tech let's add more more resources right so when you start looking at it from that perspective you sort of miss the goal the goal is to drive innovation drive a, a a culture which can adapt to market changes really quickly while also maintaining a sustainable ecosystem right so it felt at some point that it was difficult to achieve both so that's when my um my colleague brought to my attention this book and i started reading it and i realized oh wow there's so much to gain from it because while you're adding you can also subtract seemed more achievable to me so that's what's attracted me to this book okay you shared a classic problem uh, that we see in the corporate uh, workplace uh, we've seen it time and again like you throw people at a problem uh, to and that's not the right way because then you're expanding uh, way beyond what your uh, your whole uh, you know uh, income and expenditure can handle so great great start uh, to why we need such a concept and subtract book we can help in our life tell us the top takeaways from the book top takeaways um we generally tend to look at what we have as not being good enough right that's why i mean which is good and bad but we focus on the add piece 
we uh, have to change the perception that we can make things better by just taking away some stuff. So I thought that was powerful. We also think of adding as a means of driving more value, but we forget that sometimes add, or most oftentimes when you add, there's a cost to adding too, right? So uh, that was interesting for me um, that I learned from the book. But, and, and then the bottom line, I, I felt like the message was, we spend more time adding, but not enough time subtracting, right? That's, we, that's why we end up with more of everything. And it just, it just becomes an unsustainable infrastructure, you know? So that's sort of, those were the summary, you know, my takeaways from the book. That is really solid. I think you beautifully summarized the book. And uh, if I was to give uh, some example from my life, when we had to move from uh, my prior house to the current house, um, to uh, we had to really think about what do we need this thing? How long have we used this particular item in the house? And should we yeah. keep it? Should we sell it? And you know, the ability to be able to take that something out of your life is not easy. And uh, you you coined it beautifully on some of the key takeaways. You know, the challenges, there are biological, cultural, and economic forces encouraging us to do more, not less. The book talks about it a lot. They talk about how like different cultures started by adding certain structures um, and by nature, we tend to add. Can you elaborate a few reasons why adding has become so prevalent? I mean, look at what um, look at what Wall Street values, right? Companies with big market share, you know, drive the total number of sub subscribers. You know, how do you broaden your appetite? You know, the you know the place you live in, it's uh, it's worth more when you have a more you know, more square footage, right? Like the bigger the team that you have, you somehow are considered more important in the organization, right? So so it's like we inherently have got into this uh, mode of, if you have more, that means there's more value in it, right? So, uh, you know, it goes back to an example in my, uh, in my life, like years back, one of my mentors, uh, he had this concept of do more with less, right? When I was new, started working for him new, I was like, are you trying to be way too frugal? You don't want me to hire new team members? Is that why are you asking me to do work long hours? You know, I did not understand what he was trying to get at. But once you start, you know, implementing that, then you understand the power of it a little bit more. But, you know, you're right. Like we do live in an environment where we have to have more. It's not just the economy. I think it's to your point, it's cultural, it's biological, it's all of it. So we're in this rut. We have to figure out how to get out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think uh, I can think of so many examples uh, where uh, having a great one great team member is equivalent to like five people who are not uh, performing well, right? So just to get a bunch of team members hired and add is not the right strategy because you might be caught up with the headache of managing a low performing team, right? So it makes perfect sense uh, to even step back and look Absolutely. at that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, you, you know, I think this is something that everybody who's listening to, to this uh, podcast is going to relate to. And uh, our failure to subtract has become the root cause of our cluttered calendars, 
closets and in boxes, which are now become the symptoms of our failure to subtract. We can all look at our calendars now and see, you know, most of our calendars are cluttered and our closets yeah. are cluttered, right? So there is a beautiful concept that I read um, that, you know, sometimes it's not just uh, that we have to move from add to subtract. The author calls add and subtract as a potential way for this. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Uh, absolutely. This is the by far the most powerful piece in that book, right? Like when trying to solve a problem, our first instinct is usually to add, you know, which is the, the problem of the day for me. And uh, since we imagine adding and subtracting are being in opposition, we fail to consider subtraction as even an option, right? So it the author helps us to shift our thinking in terms of instead of just going from add to subtract, go add and subtract. So it opens up new possibilities. The, he, has, he quotes a lot of examples in the book, but the one example that I resonate with is um, this, uh, this, uh, this um, Vietnam War memorial, uh, you know, built by Maya Lin, the, the, who designed it. And one of the reasons that monument stands out is because of subtraction. Lin cut out the monument into the earth and made it smaller and more understated, you know, it's an understated elegance compared to other monuments in the mall area, right? And it made it more no noticeable. But she not only just subtracted, she also added. The, the monument includes the names of all the Americans who, uh, all the American war heroes who died in the conflict, which is not something you see in other, mar uh, in other monuments nearby, right? So by adding and subtracting, Maya Lin created this masterpiece, you know? So that example was very powerful to me. And, and oftentimes that's where we struggle. We, we think of, well, I need to add, add, but then you're asking me to subtract. There's a way to do both. And, and you know, which, which was very powerful to me, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a beautiful example. That was also one of the things I really remembered. And uh, there was also a side note to that, uh, which was, that whole monument selection was done uh, without uh, like a blind selection, right? The selection committee did not know the name or the gender or the ethnicity of the people who submitted, which is great. That's yeah. the way we need to be doing selections as well as hiring uh, yep. in the first place, because the author also shared that once people knew uh, it was on, uh, somebody uh, who was ethnically diverse and from uh, a woman, uh, right? So then they the speculation that maybe it wouldn't have been selected if that was revealed, right? And yep. so I'm glad they chose to subtract that out of the selection process and made the whole thing, uh, you know, made uh, fair. And, and that way we got the best out of the whole work that was submitted. So I'd love to hear, how have you applied the learning from the book to embrace the subtract mindset? Uh, do share examples of how it helped you or and or maybe it did not help. True. I mean, I, I, I have, I tend to start everything small, right? Because that's, that's my style. But I'll give you a really uh, small example in my personal life. When my kids started to learn uh, biking, uh, this concept of balance bike was just had, start, had just started. You know, in, traditionally, when you want to learn, learn how to bike, 
you know, you get your training wheels on, you keep going. And at some point, you know, you decide to take them off. Right. And it, it is a pretty onerous pro process on the parents because you have to run with the children, right, to, to get them to be more comfortable with this. But the whole balance bike idea was totally the opposite of it. It has no pedals. It has no training wheels. Right. And so the kid masters the most important thing on his or her own, which is the act of balancing. And, and then when they're comfortable with it, you add the pedals and they make design these bikes to be very light so the kids can maneuver it very easily. So I thought that was a powerful example of subtraction and then adding when needed, right? I tell you, I saved hours because they enjoyed the bikes on their own. I didn't have to be with them. So that's small, but was very useful uh, way we, we, uh, we subtracted from our life and then added, right? Um, on the work front, I would say, um, we started to embrace this idea of continuous tech debt removal as a process during planning, right? Um, that, while it was a great idea to start to consider, because you don't want to go three years, four years, and then realize, oh, there's too much tech, tech debt, and we have to have another huge initiative to remove it, right? So we wanted it to be organic. But what we ended up focusing on was the purists in the team. You always have purists in your teams, right? they end up focusing on perfecting tech debt removal, you know? And then sort of we inadvertently started to uh, shift to a culture of perfection, right? So that piece, we, we had to go back and think about it. How do we make tech debt, tech debt reduction as a continuous process, as a part of your DNA, but it doesn't become all of your DNA because at the end of the day, speed to market is important. It is important to delight your customers, right? Like you don't want to take that away from it all being all about subtraction. Does, does that make sense? So it does. Uh, I'm reminded of the Winston Churchill quote, perfection is the enemy of progress <laughs> at this moment. Uh, but great. Are you, do you have additional uh, thoughts on that? Um, it's just like we have to try to find the balance in it. Right. It um, th that's the thing about reading new books and trying to implement stuff like you. It has to be natural, organic. And, you know, everyone needs to believe in it. So it takes time. So you are going to you're going to have some shifts in culture. But overall, it has to appeal to your drive to your core values. You know, absolutely makes sense. And I loved your example also of teaching children how to bike and uh, the balance uh, bike. Uh, great. Both of them are really good examples of how you were able to apply uh, what you uh, learned from the book. Um, there's also another interesting concept the author talks about, which is removing the bad. Um, and I also mentioned earlier to, uh, about the, the, some of the, uh, you know, removing the non-performing team members, things like that. What are some bad things you see we can remove in our workplace or community to create a systemic change for greater good? Yeah, this is a, a higher level question, right? I, you know, this, um, to me, it feels like it, it, it applies in any part of it, right? Like we inadvertently become a victim to a lot of process, right? The, when you're small, you know, there's one or two things and as you grow, you know, as you get a bigger house, whatever, there's like a lot of process, there's a lot of stuff, you know? And in, in the work side of things, I feel like 
we have to constantly think about not in terms of process, but in terms of driving outcomes, right? When you have an outcome and as a team, as an organization, you can measure that, then process becomes a way to like measure it. And you can define how frequently and when you want to do that, right? So um, I my advice is anything you start, start with a clean piece of paper, start build it. You may be able to steal some recipes from the past, which is great, but let's not start with a lot of process in the first, you know, first go. You know, there are always going to be people that are a little bit controlling in your environment that want a lot of process, but but it's just like, how do you get them to think in terms of outcomes, you know? So then we're all driving to one outcome and it's not, it doesn't become very too heavily process focused. Does that make sense? You just reminded me of uh, a situation that happened in one of my workplaces. Like it was like moving from pre to post IPO event, like pre IPO, it used to be very simple, straightforward. You do like step one, step two, you're done uh, to publish this article or PR. And then later there were like four or five different things added and we were like, we were doing okay without those additional things, you know? And so that's very interesting. Don't add process for process sake. Uh, make sure it aligns with the outcome. A great insight there. Are there additional inputs you have for the audience, Kate? It's been a wonderful conversation. Um, I would say Subtract is a good book to read, but oftentimes when I, you know, he asks you to make a not to, not to do list you know, which I, which I tried to do, and it was help, helpful to me. But anytime I would travel for, for work or on vacation, I come back, those things will go off kelter. So off late, what I'm trying to do is, you know, try to practice atomic habits, small, small micro things, along with subtract, you know, then, then you can, you, you can improve slowly, and you're subtracting slowly, and it doesn't become like, it doesn't change, you know, whether you're at home or at work or, you know, or, or on vacation. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. I, I, my advice would be to implement both together. You know? That's a great idea. And I'll add to that uh, for my team and myself, I also take the Eisenhower matrix. Uh, if you've heard uh, one index is the urgent and then the other, uh, you know, is the important. So how do you bring together the four quadrants and, you know, do focus on the urgent and the important? And then how can you delegate some of the other pieces that are not urgent to other people who can possibly do it? One yeah. example is I delegated cooking. Uh, like 10 years ago, I realized, you know, I cannot possibly put food on the table every day. So half the week, I have somebody like three days a week, the food that other person makes three, four days, and then maybe three days a week, because I do love cooking, I do cook from time to time. And so that's one thing that really has served me well. So that's a great input and atomic oh, habit. I'm going to steal this idea. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one, another important thing that I find I wanted to share here, Kay, is that sometimes we tend to feel guilty to subtract. Mm. Uh, and that's something I have experienced myself, especially with the, even the cooking example, you feel guilty, oh my God, am I not, you know, taking care of my family, myself? And mm -hmm. am I doing something that I should be doing, right? That should that we put on ourselves. So we need to, I feel like we need to also take that 
guilt out of uh, out of our ecosystem and in our you know habit so that way we can actually subtract with a peace of mind that's true i, I think the other way to look at it is just like how we are assigning value to add if we can find a way to assign value to subtract then you don't have to feel guilty you know what i mean yes um but it's easier said than done it takes it takes a nurturing of that in a different way right Absolutely. so yeah i'm 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 guilty of this too but we're all working through it right yes it is a work in progress what a wonderful conversation kate thank you so much listeners check out the book subtract are there any additional final insights kate you want to share that's all i have for you today but thank you so much for having me preeti this was great conversation thank you thank you for being part of 10x growth strategies podcast yeah thank you 